Amen. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for night. We thank you for your presence with us. As we sit at your feet to learn of you, we pray that understanding shall come to us, O Lord, that we will learn how to wait on you and receive of you. We learn to behold your face and be conformed to your likeness. Lord, we thank you for what we are about to receive tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. I'd like for us to read a scripture from Luke chapter 5, verse 33 to 35. Luke 5, 33 to 35. And they said unto him, Why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers? And likewise the disciples of the Pharisees, but thine eat and drink. And he said unto them, Can ye make the children of the bride chamber fast, while the bridegroom is with them? Verse 35. But the days will come, when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, and then they shall fast in those days. Amen. This is Jesus talking. He was being asked why his disciples were eating and drinking whilst the other disciples of the Pharisees and John were fasting often. And this is the answer that he gave. That whilst he, the bridegroom, was still with them, the children of the bride chamber need not fast. But the days will come, and I believe that we are in those days. Because Jesus Christ, the bridegroom, is not with us. Actually, we are the children of the bride chamber, the virgins, who are preparing to meet the bridegroom. And we ought to be wise virgins who have sufficient oil in our lamps while waiting for the bridegroom so that we are not disqualified at his coming. Hallelujah. So, our Lord Jesus expects us to fast. He actually taught his disciples how to fast. So, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 16, he says, Moreover, when ye fast. He didn't say, if you fast. Moreover, when ye fast. So that means that there will be a time that they will definitely fast. He taught them ahead of time for the time that they will be fasting to know how to go about it. So today and tomorrow we'll be talking about the biblical way of fasting and waiting on the Lord. And today we want to look at what fasting means. And why some of the reasons why people fasted in the Bible and why we fast for communion preparation and after that we will spend some time ministering before the Lord. Amen. Fasting is fasting, fasting comes from a Greek word nestio meaning to abstain N-E-S-T-E-U-O And it means to abstain Fasting is a spiritual exercise Actually the Bible tells us that We have to exercise ourselves unto godliness And avoid profane and old wives tales Because godliness is profitable In this life and in the life to come Amen and one of the spiritual exercises or the godly exercise that we can engage in is to fast. Amen. And so it's a spiritual exercise or discipline which involves abstinence for a period of time from food and drink and the pleasures 
of the flesh, the pleasures of this world, for the purpose of focusing completely on the Lord and also to wait on Him. Amen. So in fasting, we abstain most of the time from food and then sometimes it's food and drink for a period of time. There are different types of fasting. We'll go into that. Lady Pastor Evelyn will go into that tomorrow. But we are looking at the definition of fasting. So it's to abstain from food and drink and our own pleasures. Because in the Bible we see that people had misunderstood fasting. So they only go without food and drink, sit in ashes and wear, put on sackcloth. And their hearts were very, very far away from the Lord. And the Lord told them that this thing you are doing, you cannot call it a fast. In fact, when you fast that way, it only provokes you to anger. And you find yourself fighting often. When we fast, we have to focus on waiting upon the Lord. Biblical fasting is connected with prayer, Bible study, and waiting upon the Lord. Amen. And I saw an example here in Nehemiah chapter 9. What they did when they fasted. Nehemiah 9, 1 to 3. Now on the 24th day of this month, the children of Israel were assembled with fasting in sackcloth and with dust on their heads. Then those of Israel, Israelite lineage separated themselves from all foreigners and they stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. Verse 3. And they stood up in their place and read from the book of the law of the Lord their God for one fourth of the day and for another fourth they confessed and worshipped the Lord their God Amen. Amen so this is what they spent their time doing when they were fasting we have 24 hours in a day and we are told that for one fourth of the day that's how many hours six hours what did they do they read said they stood up in their place and read from the book of the law of the Lord their God for one fourth of the day so fasting must involve reading or studying of the word of God amen and for another fourth they confessed and worshipped their God. So they are confessing their sins and worshipping God, ministering before the Lord. So when we fast, we have to spend quality time before the Lord. Otherwise, it's just like going hungry and it will not achieve anything. There is a difference between um, going without food and also fasting. I notice that from Second Corinthians chapter eleven verse twenty seven. Second Corinthians eleven twenty seven he said In weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often in cold and nakedness. So we see that um, Paul was often hungry and thirsty. But that doesn't equate to fasting. He differentiated that from the time that he was also doing fasting. So just going without food and going about our own pleasure and whatever we want to do without having any time at all to wait before the Lord, to study the word of God, to worship the Lord, is, is not fasting. And sometimes people will wait. They will say, well, I'm doing fasting. 
and they won't fast and pray. They will be watching their time instead of watching and praying. They will be watching their time, watching their time, watching. In fact, I've been to places where they are doing a number of days fasting and they are counting the days. So uh, today is uh, day seven, and then oh, the next day is you know they are counting the days instead of waiting before the Lord. And it's like they can't wait to pounce on all the food that they have put away. That the Bible says that it cannot be called a fast. Amen. We want to look at some of the reasons why people fasted in the Bible. And when we see some of the reasons, we will see that, in fact, we also need to fast for some of those same reasons. Amen. Many years ago, I read a book by Maurice Cerullo, and he was talking about the people of God of old, the people of old, and he, he kept on using a certain phrase, they sat where we sit. Amen. He will mention Abraham and say things about Abraham and say that he sat where you sit. So when we look at some of the reasons why people fasted in the Bible, we can relate to those things and we must be motivated to also fast and wait upon the Lord in the way that God has prescribed. God has prescribed a way that we ought to fast in order that we receive the blessing from his presence. Amen. Um, before I look at some of the reasons, I think we will look at that Isaiah chapter 58. We can't talk about fasting without talking, without reading Isaiah 58. But I will just read a portion of that. Isaiah 58 verse 6 to 9. I'll read it from the NLT. Isaiah 58 6 to 9. No, this is the kind of fast I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them and do not hide from your relatives who need your help. Verse 8. Then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you, will lead you forward, and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. And then, and when, then when you call, the Lord will answer, yes, I am here. He will quickly reply, amen. amen. So, God is telling us the kind of fast that he wants. And when we fast, according to the way that God wants, then, as he has stated in his word, and God watches over his word to perform it, says, your salvation will come like the dawn. Your wounds will, quickly, will be quickly healed. Your godliness will lead you forward. And the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then you call on, most of the time, when we, we are praying to God, we want God to answer speedily. And this is how we can get God to answer speedily. When we fast in accordance to the way he has prescribed. And we will learn about that more that tomorrow. Amen. So, in the Bible, we see that people fasted as a way of their devotion. And also service to the Lord. In Acts chapter 13 verse 1 and 2. Acts 13, 1 and 2. can take it from NKJV. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called 
Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manen, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Amen. Amen. So they, they just set time aside to serve God with fasting. And they were just worshipping the Lord. Worshipping the Lord in prayer, hymns, and spiritual songs. They were just waiting before the Lord. And whilst they were doing that, the Holy Spirit spoke unto them. And it's a very good habit to cultivate. That there is no specific uh, problem or anything serious going on. But you just want to be with the Lord. So you have abstained from food and certain things, certain pleasures, just to be with the Lord and serve Him and worship Him. And this is what these apostles and uh, these prophets and teachers did in Acts chapter 13 verse 1 and 2. And they heard the voice of the Holy Spirit. A directive came as to what they ought to do. Then, also by way of service to the Lord, Anna in the Bible, Luke chapter 2 verse 37, the Bible says that she, she served God with fastings and prayer day and night. That was her ministry. Amen. It's a powerful ministry. I pray that the Lord will give some of us this type of ministry where we will serve God with fastings and prayers night and day. And the fasting for the deliverance, the salvation of Israel. And in our time, in our nation, I think that we need a ministry of this sort where people will just be serving the Lord with fastings and prayer on behalf of the church and also the nation. Amen. And people also fasted to repent. They fasted to repent before the Lord. One person whose own was so interesting to me was King Ahab. He was a very wicked king. Let's read about that from First Kings chapter 21 verse 25 to 29. First Kings 21. But there was no one like Ahab who sold himself to do wickedness in the sight of the Lord, because Jezebel his wife stirred him up. And he behaved very abominably in following idols, according to all that the Amorites had done, whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. So it was when Ahab heard those words that he tore his clothes and put sackcloth on his body and fasted and lay in sackcloth and went about mourning. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite saying, See how Ahab has humbled himself before me. Because he has humbled himself before me, I will not bring the calamity in his days. In the days of his son, I will bring the calamity on his house. Amen. This man, in fact, he is the one who had done all those abominable things. But when he repented with fastings and mourning, he mourned for his sins. And God, you know, when we fast, God, looks, God doesn't look at our outward appearance, at the things that we are doing, how long our face is, or, you know, how we have posed ourselves to be very sanctimonious. He looks at our hearts. So God saw Ahab's heart and saw that, eh, 
the fear of the Lord has come upon him. And he is mourning for his sins. And such a wicked person, God forgave him and postponed the judgment to the time of his children. I, I was like, uh, maybe the children should know that and also fast in their time so that their own too will be postponed. <laughs> uh, it's like, you know, uh, when we were young, we, we used to play a certain uh, game. Chio, 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 koli. I'm sure that the older ones know. <laughs> we'll be passing the stone around. Just passing it around. Uh, anyway. So, this man's judgment was postponed. Because he repented. He mourned before the Lord for his sins. And I believe that we can also take a cue from that. There's, you know, God is compassionate and full of mercy. So, uh, his word tells us that if God says, that, says to the wicked man, you shall surely die, and that wicked person hears that and repents from his sins and he mourns, what will God do? God will show mercy. And he will not surely die. But he will live. Amen. That is the mercy of God. So, as children of God, children of the bride chamber, the virgins, waiting for the bridegroom, we have to be wise virgins, so that if sin is leaking our oil, we will repent quickly, with mourning and fastings, so that we will obtain mercy. Amen. And then Nineveh also believed God and repented. In fact, the thing really pained the prophet Jonah that the people had repented. Because when they heard the word of God that Nineveh was going to be destroyed because their evil, their wickedness has ascended up to heaven and God was going to destroy them. And he sent Jonah with a message to go and tell them that he was going to destroy them. So Jonah ran away. Because at the back of his mind, as for God, if I go and say it, and they repent now, you forgive them. And then it will be as if me, I prophesied and it didn't come to pass. So he didn't want to do that. But God... You know the story already. God brought him to a point where he had to agree to go and talk to them. And when they heard the message, the Bible says that they believed and they repented, they fasted. And after them, they are fasting. Even animals were involved in their fasting. Uh, Jonah chapter 3. From verse 5 to 9. Jonah 3, 5 to 9. So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, and put on sackcloth, from the greatest to the least of them. Then the word came to the king of Nineveh, and he rose from his throne, and laid aside his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes and he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles saying let neither man nor beast herd nor flock taste anything taste anything do not let them eat or drink water but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God yes let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish? Amen. Amen. And we know that God turned from his anger when they fasted. The animals all fasted. I'm sure if there are babies, if animals are fasting, I'm sure that even the babies 
also fasted. Everybody fasted. So when a, a fast is proclaimed in church, that's oh, communion preparation. We are fasting on Wednesday and Thursday. Be obedient to the Lord so that God will visit you. God will visit all of us. Amen. So they repented. They fasted. In We've already read Jeremiah, sorry, Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. They also fasted and confessed their sins. And as I was studying, it occurred to me that, hey, for confession of sins, people will fast. When do you fast? When you are in serious trouble. After your sins, you can litter it with some tongues and just go your merry way. But these people, they confess their sins. They fasted to confess their sins. Amen. Now, we see that it is also necessary to fast when we have to intercede. Intercede for our nation, intercede for people in authority, because that's what we see in the word of God, in Nehemiah chapter 1. When Nehemiah heard about the situation in his country, he started fasting and mourning for God's mercy and so that the reproach of Israel will be taken away. We are in this nation. We keep hearing things. And when we hear, what are we stirred up to do? We are stirred up to add our own complaints. So there is a lot of complaints. But I wonder how many people will devote themselves like Nehemiah did when he heard that the walls were broken down, the gates of the city were bent, and the people, the remnants there, they were living in reproach. He was very, very burdened, and he fasted and mourned certain days. And we have learned it from Sunday school and also from faith builders that those certain days that he was talking about, it wasn't days, it was actually months when he was fasting and praying, interceding for his nation. And Nehemiah was a big man, still going to work, but he was fasting and, pray, and praying. So it means that you can be working, but once you carry that burden to fast and pray, you can still do it. Amen. And then we have to fast for those who are in authority and pray for those who are in authority. Queen Esther had a very big task ahead of her to save her people. So she committed herself and her maidens to fast. And she also asked that she has to be fasted for, for three days. And after that, she will begin to take steps to do what she had to do. And she said, if I perish, I perish. So we have believers who are in sensitive positions in leadership in the nation. Very, very sensitive positions. And they have to take decisions, hard decisions that they have to take. They have to, they, they, they have to bring about a, a paradigm shift. Do something like running against the, the wind or uh, swimming against the tide. Doing something that everybody was opposed to. And they are doing this, these things for the sake of the kingdom of God, for the sake of the name of the Lord. And they need all the prayer support that other believers can offer. And in the case of Queen Esther, she asked that she be fasted for. I believe that uh, we do pray for those who are in authority. But if we can add fasting to it, I believe that 
the results will be spectacular. Amen. And a king actually fasted for a man of God. That is King Darius. He fasted for Daniel to be saved from the lions because he, he didn't think twice about something that was brought before him and he, he signed. And he had to abide by what he has signed. So Daniel has to be put in the lion's den. And it will only take a miracle for hungry lions not to eat up human beings. A human being who has been thrown to them. So this king decided that I'll fast. So he went about that. He fasted. Um, let's read it. Daniel chapter 6, uh, 16 to 19. So the king gave the command and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke saying to Daniel, Your God, whom you serve continually, will deliver you. Then a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet of his lords. That's the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. Now the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. And no musicians were brought before him. Also, his sleep went from him. I think I'll end here. Yeah. So, he didn't listen to music. He, he, he just kept away from his normal routine. He did not sleep. I wonder what he was doing. Whether he was praying. But he had faith in the God of Daniel. And the first thing in the morning, he rushed to Daniel to ask, as your God, whom you serve continually delivered you. And indeed, the Lord had delivered Daniel from the lions then. So, we can pray and fast to intercede for individuals. We can fast and pray for our nation. And the Lord will hear our cry. David also fasted for his sick child. The child that he bore with Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah. And the, Lord, the Bible said the Lord struck the child and David refused to eat and he was fasting. He lay on the floor the whole night fasting. But then when the child died, he got up and said, well, there's no need to fast again. I can go to him. He will not come back to me. Amen. When we fast, it doesn't change God. Amen. Fasting, our fasting doesn't change God. I was listening to one man of God many years ago. He says that God is, God is the same. God does not change. Before your fasting, He is still God. During your fast, He is the same God. After your fast, He will remain the same. Amen. So, we don't fast to twist God's hands, to do what we want. We don't fast to bring God to conformity to our desires. But we fast to bring ourselves in conformity with the will of God, which is good and acceptable and perfect. Amen. So we need to bear that in mind. Because some people have the notion that um, the longer you fast, the more um, you convince God that he should change his position. Well, David did what he could do. But it was not the will of God for, God, for the child to be healed. So God did what he would do. And uh, he accepted the will of God. And he got up and he ate. He didn't blame God. Amen. Now, people also fasted to inquire of the Lord. They fasted for, to seek guidance. 
they fasted for God's help and God's intervention. In Ezra chapter 8, verse 21, Ezra said that I proclaimed a fast day at the river of Ahava that we might afflict ourselves before our God to seek him a right way for us and for our little ones and for all our substance. So they wanted to know the right way and so they thought it wise to, to fast. And as we are coming to the end of the year, I believe that um, wise virgins would go before the Lord and wait before him to seek his face for the right way, for the right direction, the right steps that God would have us take so that we will not be lost. Amen. And then also, um, when Jesus was going through temptation, he fasted. Our Lord Jesus, in the days of his temptation, he fasted. So, when we are going through trials and temptations, we have to consider fasting. We cannot fight it with our own might. But when we yield and submit to the Spirit of God, God strengthens us and we are able to overcome. In Luke chapter 4, verse, verse 2, it says that being, being 40 days tempted of the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing. Amen. So, when you are tempted... And he was being tempted for 40 days. Sometimes you go through a period of, you know, it's like continuous, when this one pass, as if it's not enough, another one too will come from another angle. Something else will happen, you know, continuously like that. It's a time to seek God's help in fasting and prayer. And the Lord will send help from above. Jehoshaphat also Ask God to help him when he heard about the approach of his enemies. In Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 2 to 4, um, we read that they had ganged up and they were approaching him quickly. And he, was, he quickly proclaimed a fast so that they would cry unto the Lord for the Lord to help to overcome the enemy. And then, in First Samuel chapter 1, verse 7, Hannah also, because she was being tormented and tortured by her rival, she also decided to eat nothing. And we know about Hannah, that she prayed from her heart, and God heard and remembered her. Um, in the book of Judges, chapter 20, we see that Israel also inquired of the Lord whether they should go for a battle or not. So, when we have important decisions to take, when we need, we face situations that we need help. We have to go before the Lord in fasting and prayer. Then, in the book of Acts, when the, the, the apostles, the prophets, and the teachers ministered to the Lord, and the Lord, the Holy Spirit spoke to them and said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work that I have given to them. They also fasted and prayed and laid hands on them and sent them away to go and do that work. So that was another purpose for a fast, to commission ministers. So when we look at these reasons, and there are more, we realize that the situations are not so different from situations that we face often. And so if they fasted and waited on the Lord. 
and the Lord helped them, then we have to go back to the old pathway so that we will find help. We should not choose our own way because God has prescribed a way and if we go by that way then as we read in Isaiah chapter 58 our salvation will come like the dawn has the dawn ever failed to come? no (laughs) the dawn surely follows the darkest hour of the night so as sure as the day follows the night when we depend on the Lord those who trust in the Lord will never be put to shame and when the dawn comes that's how our salvation will come so the Lord will cause us to see his goodness and his loving kindness at the dawn or in the morning Amen then Every month, when we are approaching communion, we say we are going to, we have to fast, wait on the Lord. And um, we do that, we meet here Wednesday, like today, tomorrow again, we will meet and listen to the word of God and pray. Um, We want to understand why we do this. Why do we fast for communion preparation? So that when we are doing it, we will do it well, and we will do it from our hearts, and we will also receive the blessing. Amen. Amen. Shall we turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 and 8? Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lamp, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Amen. So, this was Apostle Paul talking to the Corinthians and he was telling them about how to approach the Passover. That we don't have to approach with our old lifestyle of malice and wickedness. And he was telling, he's, he's telling us that we have to do what? We have to purge, purge out that old leaven. And one way of purging the old leaven, that is our old and sinful nature. We have to purge it. Like how sometimes we can take purgative and purge ourselves. Uh, before we come to the table of the Lord, Christ himself is our Passover. We are going to eat his body and drink his blood and we need to purge ourselves of our old and sinful lifestyle we can't be coming to the table of the Lord with our old nature and then go back the same and live as we please and then the following month we come again and just take it it's wrong and there are serious consequences to that. So, the way by which we can purge ourselves of the old leaven or our sinful lifestyle is through self-examination. So, we are given the opportunity to first wait upon the Lord so that we will examine ourselves Because if we partake of the table in an unworthy manner, then we'll be cut off from the kingdom and we'll not receive the blessing of the table. Rather, we'll get into trouble. So it's very important 
that whilst we fast and wait upon the Lord, as we, we see, we read early on that people actually fasted to confess their sins, I believe that we must dedicate some time to let the Holy Spirit help us to reveal ourselves, show ourselves to us, so that we will examine ourselves by the help of the Holy Spirit and confess our sins. And when we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and also to cleanse us. He will do the cleansing and the purging when we confess our sins. If only we will confess our sins. If we don't confess our sins, there will be no purging. We need to examine ourselves and be truthful to God and He, he will help us. And it's also, Jesus says that we should do this in remembrance of him. So I believe that it's also time that we can reflect on all that Jesus Christ has done for us. What he did for us on the cross. What he has done in our lives. The fact that he has, he has translated us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And the fact that we are no longer under the control of Satan. The fact that he has justified us through his blood. Everything that Christ did for us, everything that the cross of Jesus Christ stands for us, we should not forget. We should remember. Indeed, it is good to remember these things. Because the more we remember, the stronger our faith grows in the Lord and the enemy is not able to cheat us because we know our right that it is Christ Jesus who has justified us Amen and when we remember to then we can, we can worship him and we can, we can praise him we can honor him for all that he has done for us and it's also an opportunity to put our spiritual our needs before the Lord and trust Him to, to come through for us. Trust Him for His intervention. And so that we will not just come to the table of the Lord as a, as a routine that, oh, it's communion. Uh, they are calling people, me to come and stand in the queue. And then I come and take it and eat. No. We will not take it as a routine. But we will do it with meaning and receive the blessing of the table. Amen. The table of the Lord is a blessing to the believer. Amen. We fellowship with the Lord. We fellowship with one another. We fellowship in his body. And it's very, very powerful. Um, in Mark chapter 7, from verse 27 down there, this Syrophoenician woman who Jesus, who was pleading with Jesus for her daughter, and the disciples said, send her away, she is disturbing us. And she continued. Jesus said, well, um, the children have to eat first. We can't take what is for the children and give it to dogs. And what did she say? She said, oh, the dogs, they can eat the crumbs from under the table. And Jesus saw her faith. And that same hour, her daughter, who was grievously vexed with an evil spirit, was healed. Amen. So, if, that, if this is what the crumbs can do, think about this. The crumbs, somebody who was content to take the crumbs from under the table, a dog. It was not for herself, for her daughter in the house, who was grievously vexed by an evil spirit. She received her breakthrough. She received her miracle. Then how much more we who are eating from the table Think about that. So, 
we have to benefit from the blessing of the table and not a curse. And that is why we, we have given ourselves the opportunity to wait before the Lord and prepare ourselves to fellowship with the Lord. We cannot fellowship with the Lord and remain the same. He will definitely turn our lives around so that we will live for him and show forth his praise that everybody will glorify Jesus because of us. Amen. So, tomorrow, those of us who didn't fast today, after we have learned this, I believe that we will We'll trust God to help us to fast. Amen. When we fast, we will experience the Lord. I'm praying about that for you. That you will take a bold step. You will not be like the people that Prophet Kujo talked about some time ago. Prophet Kujo said that some people's, um, some people's stomach is like the airline that have booked in advance for one year. There is no space at all for, <laughs> for fasting. So they have booked, they are eating one year in advance. <laughs> and, and so they don't fast. A whole year will come and pass. No fasting. Oh, communion preparation. As they are announcing their fast, it's passing here and going through the other way. A mid-year convention is passing here going the other way end of year convention passing here going the other way no fasting full booking for one year please let us repent from that type of we have to offload all those people that we have cancel all the, that booking amen for the table of the Lord for our own sakes and for Christ's sake amen if Jesus Christ laid down his life for us then there is in fact all the treasures in this the, as the, the hymn writer says the, the, all the, the treasures in this world will be a, a present far too small to even give offer unto the Lord so if we want to set time aside to wait on him to minister before him to remember what he has done for us and to ask for his strength and his infailing that we will live to honor him. I believe that it is our reasonable service. Hallelujah. So let us not draw back. Those of us who are here, we must be um, doers of the word of God. And then we will also pray for those who, as for them, they will never come for the preparation. But surely on Sunday, you see them here in white. They will come. But when we pray for them, God will also show them mercy. And they will not, eat, they will not um, bring damnation to themselves in taking the communion. Amen. So I want us to spend some time praying in preparation towards the table of the Lord. And that the Lord himself as we confess our sins, some of us have besetting sins. There are sins that easily beset us. It is something that we call our weakness. We have personalized it. It has become our bona fide property. As for me, this is my weakness. It is not acceptable before the Lord. We need to talk to God about this so that the Lord himself will purge us. We must confess our sins so that he will purge us and we will not partake of the table of the Lord in an unworthy manner. I want us to sing this hymn prayerfully. The organist around. What a friend we have in Jesus. Whoa. A friend we have in Jesus All our sins and griefs to bear What a privilege to carry 
closest friend and he bore all our sins and our griefs let us confess our sins and our griefs to him that he may purge us with his blood Jesus Christ has set us free from the control of sin. Jesus is able to purge us from an evil conscience. that does not please the Lord we do not want to bring it to the table of the Lord because Jesus has already nailed it to the cross he bore it to Calvary you and I do not need to carry it we do not owe sin Jesus has settled the debts already. Tell him to purge you. Are there strong temptations? And troubles? That you are facing. Do not be discouraged. 
the word of God says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous man, but the Lord delivered him from them all. Yes, the Lord will help. The Lord will deliver. He will not suffer your foot to be moved. Tell him about that trial, that difficulty, that trouble. The word of God says that if anyone is afflicted, let him pray. Tell him about your afflictions. Are there afflictions in your body? Are there afflictions in your soul? Yes. Jesus is a faithful friend. He is well acquainted with our weaknesses. He will not shame you if you tell him. Tell it all to Jesus about that weakness. Do your friends despise forsake you? Do you face rejection? Yes. Tell it to Jesus. He will accept you in the beloved. He is open to receive you in his arms. He will shield you. Jesus loves you. Jesus laid down his life for us all because he loves us. Drop that load before him. That heavy load. Cast your curse upon him because he cares for you. If there's anything in particular that you need a miracle, you want to see the mighty hand of the Lord at this time that we wait before him, tell the Lord about it. Those who trust in the Lord will not be put to shame. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be your name, O Lord. Thank you for all that you've done for us. Thank you for settling it all at Calvary. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus.